0: Welcome to New Hope Church. I sure hope you are doing fantastic today on this Sunday immediately following Christmas. You know, many, many months ago when we started planning out this Christmas party theme, a party fit for a king that we've been in and we're bringing closure to today, when I presented it to the worship arts ministry, we quickly just started thinking about how this series could break down. We thought the first Sunday could be the planning of the party because we all know and we've all had parties. And the first thing you have to do is you have to plan for a party. Then the second thing we thought about was the invite list. And that was the second Sunday of this installment when I talked about the need and the call of the church to invite any and everyone to this party fit for a king. Then, of course, the third installment was our Christmas Eve services. Over 30 of them at all of our different campuses. And then, as we thought about a party, there's always that tricky time that people refer to as the after party. And that's what December 28th is for us today. It's it's the after party. So on this day, we're going to do something very different. We have never done a service like this before. We're going to sit around and we're going to sing the best of the best Christmas carols. The good old traditional hymns of the church. Because we know that most everyone here loves those old Christmas carols. The first two we're going to do today is O come O come Emmanuel. And do you hear what I hear? O come O come Emmanuel was first written in the year of 1710, in fact, it used to be called Vini Vini Emmanuel before it was translated into the English language in 1861 and became, O come, O come, Emmanuel. It's an eerie hymn if you think about it. It recalls ancient Israel crying out that the Emmanuel, the God with us, God incarnate, And the birth of Jesus would come and draw near. And they were crying out because they were living in dire straits. These were difficult times for the people of ancient Israel. And Jesus came. He delivered. And we still sing this hymn today. Oh, come. Oh, come. Have you ever wondered why we still sing this hymn? Here's why. The true meaning of Advent, which is all about the coming of Christ, has a twofold meaning. As Christians, we celebrate the first time He came 2,000 years ago. But as Christians, we also realize that Christ will come again. And so we live in this precarious time between the times. We live as Christians between the first Advent and the second Advent. And I don't know about you, but... As I've watched the events of particularly America lately, I have that same yearning, that same crying out for Christ to come again. And then if I just widen it a little bit and I look out across the globe, I have that same yearning as well. I think of, I think of things here in America like Ferguson, Missouri. I think of the situation in New York City, I I look at people these days, even as I'm shooting this video for you weeks before Christmas, and I'm watching people wear shirts that say, I can't breathe, or hands up, and I understand there's many, many layers to this, and I understand that we don't know all the facts, but here's what I do know. Our world is in desperate need of Jesus Christ. If I broaden it a little bit more, I look at the wars that are breaking out around the world I think about Isis and what continues to happen there. And I, like ancient Israel, and I'm guessing maybe you, you long for God to come and put an end to it all. I'm reminded of the words in Scripture. In the Old Testament, the prophet Amos would declare this in chapter 5, verses 18 and following and listen to the cry of the prophet. But then listen to the answer that God would deliver. Verse 18. Woe to you who long for the day of the Lord. Why do you long for the day of the Lord? That day will be darkness, not light. It will be as though a man fled from a lion only to meet a bear. As though he entered in his house and rested his hand on the wall. Only to have a snake bite him. Will not the day of the Lord be darkness, not light, not light? Very interesting at Christmas time when we celebrate Jesus as the light of the world. The prophet is talking about darkness in the midst of judgment and the day of the Lord. Verse 21, powerful word for the church today. Listen to this. I hate, I despise your religious festivals. What a word for the church today. Your assemblies are a stench to me. Even though you bring me burnt offerings and grain offerings, I will not accept them. Though you bring... Choice fellowship offerings, I will have no regard for them. Away with the noise. I will not listen to the music of your hearts. And then in verse 24, the prophet turns it and he says this. But let justice roll on like rivers. Some translations say peace. Let peace and justice roll on like a river. Righteousness like a never failing stream. You see, the message of Christmas, the first advent, and the longing for the second advent really does come to this. We still long for God to bring about peace, to bring about reconciliation, to bring about hope on this sin-scarred planet on which we live. It's why I love these two hymns that we are about to sing. O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. We still as a people of God, yes, we celebrate the birth of the first king, but we still long for the coming of that same king a second time because this world is still in desperate need of a savior. It is still in desperate need of peace. Which is why I love those powerful lyrics in the second Christmas carol that we will sing. Do you hear what I hear? Pay close attention when we get to that part of the song where the songwriter says, pray for peace, people. Pray for peace, people everywhere. Because our world still desperately needs peace. And haven't we seen those kinds of cries for peace and hope in the midst of the United States of America. As we've seen the situation in Ferguson, Missouri, with Michael Brown and Eric Garner in New York City, and actually many other things now being highlighted by the media. And it doesn't really matter what you believe about all of that. There are many different layers and there are people on all sides of the spectrum. Here is what I know that I know. Our problem in America is not ultimately a skin problem. Our problem in America, as it has always been, is actually a sin problem. And those aren't my words. Those are the words of Benjamin Watson, a professional football player who actually posted an article on his Facebook that you might have seen. It went viral He responded to what's going on in America right now and I thought I would actually read what this brother said. He said this on November 25th at 9pm just a little over a month ago. At some point while I was playing or preparing to play Monday Night Football, the news broke about the Ferguson decision. After trying to figure out how I felt, I decided to write it down. Here are my thoughts. He says, I'm angry. I'm angry because the stories of injustice that have been passed down from generation to generation seems to be continuing before our very eyes. He said, I'm frustrated because pop culture, music and movies glorify these types of police citizen altercations and promote an invisible attitude that continues to get young men killed in real life away from safety movie sets and music studios. He says, I'm fearful because in the back of my mind, I know that although I'm a law-abiding citizen, I could still be looked upon as a threat to those who don't know me. So I will continue to have to go the extra mile to earn the benefit of the doubt. He says, I'm embarrassed because the looting, the violent protests, and the law-breaking only confirm in the minds of many Validate the stereotypes and thus the inferior treatment. He said, I'm sad. I'm sad because another young life was lost from his family. The racial divide has been widened. A community is in shambles. Accusations, intensity, hurt, and hatred are boiling over. And we may never know the truth of what happened that day. Mr. Watson said, I'm sympathetic. I'm sympathetic because I wasn't there, so I don't know exactly what happened. Maybe Darren Wilson acted within his rights and duty as an officer of the law and killed Michael Brown in self-defense, like any of us would in that circumstance. Now he has to fear the backlash against himself and his loved ones when he was only doing his job. What a horrible thing to endure, or maybe he provoked Michael and ignited the series of events that led to him eventually murdering the young man to prove a point. He says, I'm offended. I'm offended because of the insulting comments I've seen that are not only insensitive but dismissive to the painful experience of others. I'm confused because I don't know why it's so hard to obey a policeman. You will not win, he says. And I don't know why some policemen abuse their power Power is a responsibility, not a weapon to brandish and lord over the populace. Just a few more paragraphs. Our brother says I'm introspective because sometimes I want to take our side without looking at the facts and situations like these. Sometimes I feel like it's us against them. Sometimes I'm just as prejudiced as people I point fingers at. And that's not right. How can I look at white skin and make assumptions, but not want assumptions made about me? That's not right. I'm hopeless. Hear those words, church. He says, I'm hopeless because I've lived long enough to expect things like this to continue to happen when I'm not surprised. And at some point, my little children are going to inherit the weight of being a minority and all that it entails. Next, he says, I'm hopeful. He says, I'm hopeful because I know that while we still have race issues in America, we enjoy a much different normal than those of our parents and grandparents. I see it in my personal relationship with my teammates, my friends and mentors. And it's a beautiful thing. Last paragraph, and please don't miss this. He says, I'm encouraged because ultimately the problem is not a skin problem, but it is a sin problem. Sin is the reason we rebel against authority. Sin is the reason we abuse our authority. Sin is the reason we are racist, prejudiced, and lie to cover over our sins. Sin is the reason we riot loot and burn but i'm encouraged because god has provided a solution for sin through his son jesus and with it listen to me church with it a transformed heart and mind one that's capable of looking past outward and seeing what's truly important on the inside of a human being The cure for the Michael Brown, Trayvon Martin, Tamir Rice, and Eric Garner tragedies is not education or exposure. It's the gospel. So finally, I'm encouraged, Benjamin Watson says, because the gospel gives mankind hope. That is what Christmas is all about in the midst of our after party, when in some senses the world is very much changed, but in other senses, we still have a long way to go. And so we gather today in the house of God to celebrate the hope of the gospel, the hope of the gospel that Jesus has come, Christmas has occurred, a savior has been born. And while we celebrate, we still long for ultimate peace in which all humanity will dwell together under the Lordship of Jesus Christ as we celebrate the ultimate once and for all reigning king, hope of the world. So let's sing about it, church. And as we do, let us reflect upon these words of scripture And of our brother Benjamin Watson, who I believe nailed exactly the problems we see in our world today. It is not a skin problem. It is a sin problem. And we have experienced one who has taken that sin problem away, nailed it to a cross, and will come again one day. Let us worship the King of Kings. now we get to sing two of my all-time absolute favorite Christmas carols. I'm talking about Silent Night and O Holy Night. And so I thought it would be cool if we came out into the beautiful night air and thought about these two powerful hymns. And I love when you get to Luke chapter two and you read about the Christmas story, you actually see that it unfolded at night. Why don't you settle in and let me read that old favorite Christmas story over us today? In Luke chapter 2, the Bible says this In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today... In the town of David, a Savior has been born. He is Christ, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to those whom his favor rests. When the angel had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying there in a manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told to them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary... O oh, Mary, she treasured all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen that were just as they had been told. May God bless the rich and abundant reading of His Word, The Christmas Story. It happened on a night when the angels started declaring the gospel good news of Jesus, that he had come to bring peace to all men. It happened during a night when the shepherds who were keeping watch over their flock by night knew that the Messiah had come. And so we gather this day to remember that sacred night. We gather around these great Christmas carols, Silent Night and All Holy Night, Songs that, like other songs we have already sung today, sing about peace. I remember the story, particularly of O Holy Night. It is one of my all-time favorite Christmas carols, and maybe you've heard the story. It was during World War One, during some of the bloodiest times of that war, and soldiers were facing each other, and they were surrounded by Mud and deceased soldier corpses lying all over the battleground. It just so happened to be Christmas Eve. And on December 24th, one soldier on one side of the battle line started singing, O Holy Night. And in that very moment, soldiers on the other side of the battle line started singing the very same song. It spread throughout the battlefield. They laid down their weapons, joined in the middle of the battlefield and sang this sacred song that we will sing today, commemorating and celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ. He has come. He has drawn near the savior of the world. So let us gather together and sing these two great songs and celebrate what God did 2000 years ago on a holy, holy night. When the Savior of the world was born to a virgin. And you and I are recipients of that great grace. Let us worship together. Well, I sure hope you have enjoyed the after party. More than anything today, we wanted to sit here and just marinate in the goodness of the gospel and sing some of the best, most popular Christmas carols of all time. And we left two of my favorites to the very end, Joy to the World and Go Tell It on the Mountain. These two Christmas carols are two of the most popular and published Christmas carols of all time. In fact, Joy to the World was first written in 1791. And many people have actually connected it, though it's not proven, to Handel's Messiah. When it sings about let heaven and earth sing, there is that connection. But this song is not so much about Handel's Messiah, as it were. But it's actually grounded in Psalm 98. The writer of the old song referenced Psalm 98 and made it clear that this song was all about these words in Holy Scripture. Listen in. Sing to the Lord a new song. For he has done marvelous things, church. His right hand and his holy arm, they have worked salvation for him. The Lord has made his salvation known and revealed his righteousness to the nations. He has remembered his love and his faithfulness to Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. Let me connect the dot here. Remember earlier in the service when I read from Amos 5 and the prophet kind of talked about some gloom and doom and darkness. Well, Psalm 98 is setting the record straight, letting us know that ours is a God of victory. The Bible says this in verse 3. He has remembered his love and his faithfulness to Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Burst into jubilant song with music. Make music to the Lord with the harp. With the harp and the sound of singing. With trumpets and the blast of the ram's horn. Shout for joy before the Lord the King. Let the sea resound and everything in it. The world and all who live in it. Let the rivers clap their hands. I love that imagery. Let the rivers, and I would say today the people of God, clap their hands. Let the mountains sing together for joy. Let them sing before the Lord. For he comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and the peoples with equity. What a great song for us to wrap up this service with. Joy to the world. And then we're going to end it with go tell it on the mountain. You see, church, this news is too good to hold to ourselves. This is a message that has to be told. This is a message that has to be proclaimed and declared from the mountaintops, from the workplaces, from the neighborhoods, from the apartments, from the malls, wherever you may be. Let us go forth from this service today and tell it. Tell of the good news of Jesus Christ, the gospel message, and listen to me, a place called the church. Where any and everyone can come, regardless of skin color, regardless of socioeconomic level, regardless of what you did last night, regardless of what you will do tomorrow. The church is a place for any and everyone to come and hear the gospel news of Jesus Christ. So as you leave this church today, here at Central Campus, as you walk through the rotunda and you head out of those doors, at all of our other campuses, as you walk through the lobby and you head out of the doors and you go into the parking lots and you get into your cars, on your motorcycles, whatever the case may be, and you ride away. Imagine with me what 2015 could be like if the people becoming known as New Hope Church were to take this message seriously and literally go tell it on the mountains and proclaim it to any and everyone and invest in people and invite them to a place called New Hope Church. I'm telling you, it's enough to put chills up and down my spine. I can only imagine what the future could be for this church if we would actually live out what we are about to sing. So what do you say we do both? What do you say we sing these two songs with great gusto and energy and excitement? And what do you say we actually do what we sing about? Let's go invest. Let's go invite. Let's go tell everybody about Jesus and his church that we love so much. Hey, once again, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year.